Hello baseball fans and welcome into another edition of the British Baseball Podcast. I'm your host Matthew and joining me on this episode is Great Britain Baseball Manager Liam Carroll. Before the show starts I'd like to invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the show and where you can leave a little review plus you can follow it on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Brit Baseball Pod. And the shows and bonus material are also available on YouTube at the British Baseball Podcast. As always, your support is greatly appreciated. So any feedback and suggestions can be sent over to BritishBaseballPodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and to share your stories too. So without further delay, sign to chat. And joining me today on the British Baseball Podcast, I'm joined by Great Britain's very own national team manager, Liam Carroll. Good evening, Liam. Good evening, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really impressed with with your podcast and can't wait to chat. Thank you very much. And I'm really impressed with your work too. So happy days. You've done a lot of stuff in podcasting previously. You've done some really good interviews. For those that haven't had the pleasure of listening to stuff in the past, do you want to give us a quick introduction to yourself and how you got involved in baseball and what's led you up to the Great Britain national team? For sure, and and given given that everyone's got a little bit more time, I'll I'll, I'll not give you the the shortest version. So, despite the accent being messed up, I am I am British. I'm originally from London. Um, uh, my father uh, is an Irish American. He was born in Chicago, but moved to New York when he was very young, and grew up a fanatical Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Um, grew up watching Jackie Robinson in person, which is just amazing. And so, that's where the baseball. Uh, part of me comes from. Uh, my mother uh, is a t- or was a teacher. Uh, she's British, British from Bedfordshire, where, where I actually live now. Uh, and perhaps the coaching and uh, gene comes from her. Um, so I lived in London until I was about six. Mum was a teacher and we moved around. So just as we'd found baseball in London with the Waltham Forest Angels, a club that, that doesn't exist anymore, uh, that was actually in the shadow of the Olympic Stadium, uh, we moved to Somerset, where there also wasn't much baseball, at least not where we lived. And and Dad started a softball team uh, at the local pub, and that morphed into a baseball team. So I got to play some baseball for the, the previous version of, of the Southwest League. Um, then we moved to Bristol, uh, and through this time I actually started playing with Bracknell, uh, who at that time were in the National Baseball League. Uh, that was my first taste of British Baseball Federation competition. I also started playing with the national teams in 1996. Um, and then following in the footsteps of, of many other British players, went to the U.S. for college baseball, played for a few years, um, was was not as good as most of the other guys that went over there and, and started coaching and transitioned in 2004 from, from playing to coaching. And at that time, that year, in fact, I, I got my first taste with the national teams, started coaching the, the U18 national team in, in 2004 as an assistant and also started uh, on the coaching staff at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Um, so all in all, it's it stops in London, Somerset, Bristol, Cornwall, where my parents live now, uh, two different cities in California, Las Vegas, back to London, back out to Las Vegas, uh, back to London again, a couple of stops working for Baseball Softball UK in a couple of different roles. Uh, and the whole time since, since 1996, as I mentioned, some involvement in one way or another with the national team's program as a, as a player, assistant, and head coach. Wow, done a fair bit then. It seems um, that a lot of teams are born in pubs. <laughs> it's, 
it's logical, right? So I'm, I imagine right now there might be a, a few a few less teams uh, forming, but but absolutely, I think the the magic the magic of of pub, whether it's forming teams or the post game conversation with your team and the other, is is a magic element of not just baseball but sport in general. Yeah. Or how long it be before you see like the Toby Carvery sluggers appear somewhere? <laughs> well, that, that, that's gonna that's gonna be your team. I'm just I'm I should I should perhaps start taking my cooking to Toby Carvery. I think we could help him take it up a notch. Now, spoiler alert for something that's coming later on with your cooking. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, if you haven't seen Liam's LinkedIn post of the day, it looks like a beautiful shepherd's pie that was uh, that was always at a cottage pie. It was that was actually just mash. I just I made my mash look <laughs> spectacular. Imagine what a shepherd's pie would look like. Well, if you'd feel me, you should have said yes. It was the most epic <laughs> shepherd's pie you'd ever seen. So, uh, going back to to your um, management, what what's been the most challenging part of being the England manager? Ooh, you know, that's a great question. I, I think the 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 biggest thing, and and this is true regardless of of what level you coach at, and in some ways it might be might might even be harder if you're coaching uh, youth age groups, is cutting players. It's never fun. Um, you have players that that work so hard, players that are so invested, um, and it's it's not like you still have a season to play. We're talking about national teams existing in a very small niche. We we play a few games a year, and that's it. And and our players will will work so hard, and and unfortunately, not everybody gets to play. Um, there has to be, uh, well, there's always going to be cuts, and and there has to be a certain level. Um, for it for it to be fair at the national team's level it's it's not for everybody and and cutting players is never easy um i think the the other thing i struggle with um at the national team's level is there are so few games staying sharp can be quite difficult um but even that is is nothing compared to to the necessity that we have once a year if not more to break some hearts yeah yeah very true so have you got any advice like parents or for uh, youngsters that may have been cut. Now, I can imagine. Well, a friend of mine does a does a podcast based on grassroots football, and he, he's talked about kids that like on Manchester City's books or Manchester United's books, and they're there from such a young age, and they get cut, and they feel like uh, they, they fall out of love with the sport. With uh, baseball not being as big a sport in the UK as we'd like it to be, how do you sort of keep the spirits up for the the youths that have been been let go or the the fact that it's a no go? It's it, it is really difficult, and and I think you you nailed it on the head by by talking about baseball being a, a minority sport. And the reality for us, uh, certainly at the youth age groups, is such a high percentage of youth players get to play at the national team level because there are so few players. The bar is is lower than is ideal, and so. It's often the case that the primary baseball experience and or a secondary group of friends are formed throughout national team experience. And if a player gets cut, they have however many times a year less opportunities to, to interact with their friends. Um, and and it's, it's tragic that a player cut from the national teams would, would cause them to leave the sport entirely. But I think that has been the case and, and it certainly shouldn't be the primary reason why we, why we grow youth participation, but it's, it's also a consideration because there are so many factors in, in why we need to grow youth participation. Um, 
the the advice I would give is is and and this can sound a little bit too romantic, but it is true the the example of the player who who's cut now but goes on to have a very successful career. Um, perhaps the the ultimate example isn't a baseball one. People talk about Michael Jordan getting cut from his high school basketball team and he went on to to become the greatest basketball player ever. Um, and we've had examples of that within our program. Uh, one name I, I can think of right now is Richard Klein, who's who's originally from Cartmel Valley, um, uh, a, a program up in the Lake District that's that's produced numerous national team players. And and Richard was cut early in his youth national team career, um, but has gone on to have an absolutely phenomenal career in the national teams program. Has has been to two World Baseball Classics. Has been our second baseman uh, at almost every tournament since. Uh, about 2012. Um, so it's a case of sticking sticking to it and and not giving up the dream. And and it's not meant to be now. Uh, I think the other thing to mention there is is we we have this this combination of factors for why we select players at the youth level. Part of it is about how much they can help the team win now, but a bigger part of it is how much they might be able to help us in the future. Because ultimately, performance really doesn't matter at the national team level until it's the adults. Uh, of course, it's important at every age group when you're representing your country. Um, but there might be players that, that aren't quite ready to do either of those things yet, where we know that they're going to be good one day, um, but they're just not ready for the demands of international competition at 12 or 15. Um, and hopefully we can, we can reinforce that message. And hopefully there are some fantastic, well, I know there are some fantastic club setups for them to go back to. And, and they're always going to be given a chance next year if they're cut from the national teams program. Lovely. Um, have you ever had the chance to mentor somebody like on a on a one to one level, like in that sort of scenario? And I had a, a coach come up to me not last training session, session before last, and broke down my throwing technique because um, I looked like I was shot putting the ball. I was being the catcher in a drill when we we're trying to hit the other end of the gym, and I was trying to adopt Will's one need approach, and I was just literally face planting and and hurting my arm <laughs> so roger kindly took me to one side and for about an hour we literally broke down everything from like the wrist movement to elbow to shoulder and then putting it all together and just seeing all that come back together in, in another video was really really good for me to see how, how i was doing it wrong Have you ever had the chance to do anything like that yeah i think i think there's there's been lots of players that that i've coached and in, in an individual context um there's there's actually been players, uh, adult players, youth players, baseball players, fast pitch players, and slow pitch players that I've been fortunate to to coach in a in a one to one or small group setting, uh, and it is it's a it's an enjoyable challenge. Uh, you have to be on your game when when there's just one of them. Uh, all of your attention is is fantastic, but it also means uh, I think the expectations are a little bit higher. Um, but it's it's a fun challenge and and I've enjoyed it. I've also enjoyed uh, and would like to to do more of this and and think that it could potentially become something that the national teams uh, could do more of uh, in the future uh, is one to one coach mentoring. Uh, that's something that I enjoy and and there's been some coaches that I've worked with uh, in BSUK's academy and high performance academy programs. Uh, that have asked just for some input. It's it's never been anything formalized, but it's been it's been a coach that wants some advice, wants to just have a chat, um, 
wants to talk about what they can what they can do better, what they can do differently, what they do well, uh, and I do find those enjoyable. And I found that um, even even if you don't think the impact is is uh, substantial, uh, there's been some coaches that have gone on to have a lot more confidence uh, in their own ability to coach. And it it shouldn't be a surprise because I've had those those coaches that have mentored me through the years as well. I was just going to ask that. Has there been anyone that, that you sort of looked up to or still to, to this day, is there anyone that you sort of call upon for advice or, or uh, run ideas by? Not so many. Uh, I, I mean, you, you had uh, you had Vince Garcia on the show recently and uh, certainly outside of my parents, the biggest, the biggest impact uh, on me. And I think other than the, the players, the, the older GB players who inspired me, uh, the most inspiring uh, coach uh, and biggest impactor on, on my development, my choices to do things like go to the States uh, and quite frankly, my, my coaching style. Um, there are so many that I still stay in touch with and, and your, your fellow podcast host, Jeremy Schiedinger being one that I just love to bounce ideas off and, and has a personality that I think a lot of us are envious of um, just with, with his level of confidence and, and, and when it comes from someone who's been as successful as him in so many arenas, when, when someone like Sheets says you're a rock star, it, it really does help. Uh, and I think the more that we can have those conversations, uh, the better. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to have his voice as well. Well, I mean, he's, he's got, he's start got working level. on your accents. <laughs> I just have generic foreign accent, which I'm not going to do because it just sounds <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> you mentioned the word in, inspire then a minute ago. Um, the Team GB sort of motto or slogan inspired develop and perform where did that come from is it uh, a brainchild of yourself or is it there before you started it it, it is it is for me and it, it it's it's a product of conversations with with lots of pe- people and and having uh, a lot of time to think we're well, not having a lot of time but making a lot of time and investing a lot of time um it it was born when i spent some time in the role of national teams program official uh on the bbf board um, I'd been I'd been the the head coach manager of the the senior national team for a little bit and and there were no other uh, volunteers for that role on the board so even though there's a little bit of a, a conflict of interest uh, that I was in charge of the program and managing the men's national team I figured I would put my hand up um, and one of the first things I wanted to do in that role is create a, a mission and vision for the entire program uh, top to bottom from from the under 12s that would that would be born just a year or two later, uh, all the way up to the to the to the senior team, um, and the mission is inspire, develop, perform, um, and I think it's something powerful. I, it's something I would really love to see uh, more of of British baseball get behind. I think there's there's lots of pockets of British baseball all doing very very good things and all. Uh, there's never any malice. There's just lots of people doing good things. But as I think everybody knows, there's not a single direction. There's not a single thing to rally behind. And and I think Inspire, Develop, Perform could be it. Uh, and just to go in into a little bit more detail about why I think this fits more than just the national teams program, the, the full mission is to inspire participation in and support of Great Britain Baseball um, to develop the best British baseball talent into world-class athletes and teams and to perform on the international stage and create a winning tradition. And none of those things can happen unless British baseball as a whole is thriving. 
uh, and and certainly that's something we'd love to see. And I think inevitably, if if more people are thriving domestically, the national teams uh, will will achieve new heights as well. Indeed. What's sort of your typical day like as a national team manager? Like days, week, month? How do you um, sort of what what activities do you fill your, your days with? Oh, there's it, it really depends on the time of year. Um, I think first of all, it's it, even even when it's incredibly busy, uh, and even when there's the challenges uh, that we spoke of earlier, like cutting players, it's it's a it's an incredible privilege. Um, it really does depend on the time of year. Um, during uh, the winter, uh, I'm actually the busiest in terms of coaching, and it's it's from other hats that I wear, including coaching at the academy and high performance academy. Uh, in the season, I'm actually not that busy. Uh, I'll try and get out to as many games as I can at the weekends uh, to scout players. Um, and it's just a case of as as things get closer to a tournament, the more it ramps up to to where. I'm very, very fortunate to have a very, very patient fiance. Um, uh, but it, it really does depend on the time of year. And and it's a case of, of trying to find the time, make the time, uh, given that it's a voluntary position, to, to make sure that I'm I'm pulling my weight around the house in, in terms of bringing in some income as well. So whereabouts has scouting taken you? Is it purely in the UK or have you managed to travel overseas to see some of the British players that are abroad? I, I've I've generally only been able to see players abroad when a trip has taken us there. The the budget, as as you might expect, is is minimal. Uh, I wish we had a, a scouting budget. We don't. Um, for overseas, uh, we we rely on on a network of alumni and friends of the program who who are very generous with with their time. And if they see players, find players they know they know are British citizens, then then they'll look out for us. Um, it's even it's so limited. I would love to be scouring the country up and down. I'd love to be in Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. Uh, it's just the budget isn't there. And, and if I'm going to games, it's it's on my own dime. Um, so unfortunately, I can't get to as many games in as many places as I would like to. So you're not booking any holidays or honeymoons based around certain plays you want to see <laughs> then? <laughs> <laughs> not not if i want the uh the wedding to last uh more than a day or two <laughs> brilliant um you posted a, a lovely photo online the other day on twitter and it's had the the words worth staying home for um i actually followed the link on to linkedin and and read your story and uh, i've always re- really enjoyed reading it lovely piece of uh, of work for those that didn't have the chance to to read it do you want to tell us a little bit more about the meaning behind it yeah, you know what I mean. I've I've been struggling uh, with 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 waiting versus doing, uh, and I think it'll be easy for us all in in this situation to wait. Um, and and uh, I picked up a baseball and I wrote on it just to have a reminder, um, to a reminder to go to when things are tough, worth the wait. Um, the baseball itself whether it's watching MLB, whether it's as a player, whether it's as a coach, is worth the wait. Uh, and then and then I took a moment and thought, actually, you know what, it's not. Um, and uh, another thing that, that has, has struck me recently is just we've spent so much time waiting for the World Baseball Classic qualifier um, that, that I'm, I'm just about sick of waiting. Uh, but uh, just tying it to to social distancing and, and whatnot, I, I I changed what I wrote uh, 
or road on the other side of the ball worth staying home for and, and certainly it is and if if that's the advice that, that the smartest people in the world are giving us then then i certainly think we should follow it um and uh i also just i enjoy writing i think it's one of the the few things i'm good at uh certainly in the in the genes my dad is a writer by trade. My, my mother is a teacher, is a, is a very good writer as well. It's something I've, I've enjoyed doing, something I probably should do more. Um, and uh, oftentimes I find it's the easiest way to express express feelings. Um, so, so I thought that the message of worth staying home, whether it's specific to the baseball or anything else that we hold dear in our lives is, is something that I should share in case anyone else finds comfort in it as well. Um, and uh, you mentioned the the phantom shepherd's pie i i've referenced i referenced that i'm going to spend some of my time cooking learning spanish um hanging out with my dog who's awesome um and uh, i i enjoyed writing my thoughts down and i appreciate that you read it and, and anyone else that's willing to to spend a few minutes of their day reading it is is incredibly appreciated and i helps i hope it helps them so you've got some more writing out there is there any that we can we can read some more of your material so yeah, I, I'll figure out a way to share the link. Uh, I've actually posted most of um, most of what I've written recently on my LinkedIn uh, profile, which is which is where I posted this one. If if uh, you search for my name on on LinkedIn, I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, if you check out my Twitter, which is at Liam Carroll GB, uh, you'll find it there as well. So and there's a few other things I've written, some things about coaching, some things about hitting. Um, things about baseball in general i think i wrote something about facial expressions which is something i find fascinating coaching players the the facial expressions you see are absolutely incredible uh and sometimes it cracks me up sometimes it makes me wonder wonder how they caught it with their eyes closed uh so i wrote about facial expressions once uh going back a bit further i i used to write some some blogs when i wrote for baseball softball or when i worked for baseball softball uk i, I put some blogs so i think if you go to bsuk.com and click uh, blogs, which is somewhere there. You'll find some of the things I wrote back a few years ago as well. Great. So, so those of us that are craving the uh, content of British baseball, you know, something to read too. Um, back to the cooking. So, um, <laughs> what's your signature dish? Oh, good question. I mean, does breakfast count as a dish? Just a blanket answer. I, I love cooking breakfast. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of the one of the luxuries of of working from home most of the time is is having a little bit more time for breakfast um i have been influenced recently by sam the cooking guy and if you don't watch or subscribe to sam the cooking guy on youtube highly recommend it he's a funny guy he's a canadian living in san diego um has over a million subscribers um he is he is not he says making a political statement here but his mission is to make America cook again. Um, and if, if you are a fan of Wendy's or Chipotle or my personal favorite in and out burger, he, uh, he will replicate their food. Um, and, uh, I've, I've taken lots of liberty stealing from him and, uh, tying it back around to breakfast, making hash browns, and putting them as a layer in your breakfast sandwich, highly, highly recommend it. And that's the best thing about breakfast as well. You can have it for breakfast. You've even got like a middle bit for it. You've got brunch. You can have it for your, for your lunch. Or you can even have full English breakfast in like pubs as a tea. It's the most yeah, versatile my... food. It's the best. 
It is the best. I, I love Brinner. It's my favorite meal <laughs> of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what would your cooking show be called if you had one? Oh, I, I think you're going to have to help me. Maybe that's something for your listeners to help out with. As long as they, they keep it uh, PC, um, <laughs> I would need need some help. But I'm, I'm, I am seriously considering it. I think it would be it would be terrible. Uh, but if it if it helps me uh, occupy my time and, and gives people a laugh, let alone a recipe, uh, I will consider throwing something on YouTube. Um, but I have not had any inspiration for my name yet. So we'll we'll leave we'll leave the cooking there for another time. But I think we'll uh, we'll power afterwards and and come up with some ideas for for cooking cooking shows. I forgot to congratulate you as well on on the achievement of of moving up the ranks uh, with the national team. Like seven places was a, was quite a big a big jump. Um, so fantastic, well done. Thank you um, so much. Hope, hopefully it continues in the future. How far do you think we are from integrating like grassroots players in with the the GB setup? Well, I think I think, and this this has to tie back to the improvement that we can make with regards to putting the word out uh, about who's involved in the program. Um, but like uh, people ask, are there going to be any homegrown players on the national team? They're, they are. Uh, they are every year. Um, I, there's not been a national team that's consisted of players without any homegrown players i think the number has fluctuated um looking back to our our most recent tournament the european championship last september uh that we played in germany uh and just going through the roster um connor brown uh homegrown product gary davison the same jamie dix the same richard klein i mentioned earlier grew up grew up in in the lake district but actually moved to germany uh and, and just an incredible story himself of going out there. R- Richard p- moved to Germany and played in the same academy uh, as did Mac- Max Kepler, um, uh, the twins, the twins phenom. Um, uh, so, so bottom line, we are producing some players good enough to compete at the level, uh, and the Euro- the level of, of the European Championship is is so so good now. Um, the challenge for us is to figure out a way that more players are going to reach that bar. Um, there's lots of promise. If we look at our under 23s uh, who did so well, if you talk about the, the world rankings jump, um, largely in part to the success of the, the U23s last summer at the European Championship in the Czech Republic, uh, skippered by Drew Spencer, did a fantastic job. We beat the uh, the Dutch for the first time in our program's history at any age group. So there's promise. There's There's players at the under 18, under 15 level and under 12 level. Um, are they all going to reach that bar? No, they're not uh, being realistic, but, but some of them will. And you hope that uh, however long down the line, we can, we can flip the trend that we've seen pretty much since 1996 is when it began um, of, of the number of overseas players outweighing the number of domestic players. We want that to tip back and, and 1996 is interesting, and just not to, to digress too much, but in 1996, the European Championship B pool was was hosted in Hull. I think when he was on with you, Kevin McAdam talked about uh, hosting that tournament, and, and Great Britain won, and the Czechs finished second. And if you look at the history of each program since then, um, just it, it's night and day with the Czechs, who are European power almost exclusively homegrown players. Czech players are signing with professional clubs 
almost every year. There's a Czech player in the Orioles organization, Martin Savenka, who is very, very close to making the big leagues. Uh, Czech facilities are incredible. Um, whereas here, we're, we've leaned on overseas players more and more. Um, we don't have incredible facilities. We're not producing players that are signing contracts with professional teams. Um, so the checks has to be a, a model not to copy because I think that's a very dangerous game, but to to just investigate what did the checks do in 1996? What were they doing before 90, 1996? What are they doing since um, to come up with our own way so that we can produce better players and not just for the national team. We just want to see British baseball better. I talked about it earlier. We want to see British baseball thrive, whether or not the national team's successful. We want to see it thrive. Um, and if that happens, if there's more kids playing at better facilities with better coaching, um, then I think it's inevitable that we'll be able to send a national team away to a European championship or even a World Baseball Classic and have a chance to win medals with homegrown players. I, I, th I think that's possible, but it, it's going to start at the bottom, not the top. Yeah, the Czech Republic are currently ranked 16th. Are there any teams that are around um, Great Britain in the rankings that you're surprised at or that you think that, how can I word it, are, are, there, are there some teams that are around that you think we, we can beat these and move up the rank? No, I'm, I'm doing a very bad job yeah, of, of no, describing I, this. I, I, get, I get what you're saying, and, and it's, it's a complex system. It's far from ideal, but I, I imagine that's true of, of any ranking system there's always going to be winners and losers out of it i think mm. um i think the the first thing to say is you you're only going to win rankings points in certain tournaments it's not every time you go away so when our under 18s went away to the european uh, championship qualifier last summer and beat israel who were ranked much above us we didn't get any points for that tournament we, we earned points last year at the European Championship at the adult level in the under-23s. Uh, our under-12s, who qualified for the European Championship, put in a fantastic performance uh, skippered by Eric Anderson. Um, they didn't get any rankings points. It's all about European Championships, uh, and it's about world events. Um, and it's just that lots of other continents get to play a little bit more. And if, if for example, you're Hong Kong, maybe, or Pakistan, you're going to play a country like Japan, who's way up at the top, and you're going to get more points if you play a team like Japan or play a mm. team like the USA. So it's not, it's not a fair system, but I'm not sure there is a fair system. So, so I think it's, it is what it is. Anyone around us, anyone that's above us, kudos to them for, for taking advantage of opportunities. Hopefully, We'll get somewhere we can jump. I, my expectation, quite frankly, is that we we sit this year. Uh, I mean, I, now I guess I guess coronavirus puts everything out of the window with with what to expect. But if we were to imagine a world where we were playing in all of the tournaments we were supposed to play in this year, which is the World Baseball Classic qualifier, we wouldn't get any points. If we were to play at the under 12 Euros. We'd get some points, but very few because it's the youngest age group. The under 15 qualifier. Uh, no points. So this year we might even go backwards. Um, however, if we were to win or, excuse me, qualify for the World Baseball Classic and play in that in 2021, we'd then rack up massive points and we'd see the sort of jump that the likes of Brazil made when they qualified for the World Baseball Classic that Israel yeah. made. So 
So hopefully we get those opportunities. Ultimately, it's it's a nice measure of things. I'm I'm so fired up for the players and coaches who did a great job last season that, that we made the jump. Um, but it shouldn't be a be-all and end-all measure of the impact of our program. Right. Yeah, because I was just going to say, like, what, what sort of separates us from, like, France at 25th and Italy at 17, where it's sort of like countries where you see uh, football being the dominant sport in these and then like it feels like rugby and mother team sports are a bit a bit lower oh uh, yeah i was just wondering if it was like i say it's more like opportunity to 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 play than anything else cool yeah uh, you mentioned then about um with the kids have, have you been able to see the participation levels increase because of the mlb london series is coming over Ooh, i think that's the million dollar question uh i think i think it's probably too early to tell i i think uh uh, just anecdotally and paying attention to, to some of the content that, that clubs around the country put out, there seems to be an uptick. Um, I think uh, it's going to be too early to tell. And I, my hope is that the ongoing efforts of clubs and the uh, what seem to be uh, expedited increased efforts of Major League Baseball um, will will really allow us to leverage the opportunity of London Series. I think or well, I hope the school's program that they launched with USA Baseball last year will will reach new heights and reach new parts of the country. Um, but I think it might be a bit too early to tell. We certainly, we, uh, certainly something we have to leverage. I don't know if we'll get another opportunity like it. Yeah, good point. Um, I I think that's pretty much all I've I've got down for myself. I'm just going to move over to the listener questions. The first one comes from our very own Vince Garcia. He would like to know. I hope this is a clean one because it's a family show. What's the funniest <laughs> thing you recall from your time with the Kruken Cutters? Did I say that right? Kruken Cutters? The Kruken Cutters. That's, yes, indeed. Thanks, Vince. Um, so the Kruken Cutters was the, the club that my dad founded in Somerset and played in the old version of the Southwest Baseball League. Um, funniest thing. Well, I guess the real fun I probably missed because I was 14 or so playing in men's league, and I'm sure they had a lot more fun when I was in bed. Uh, I do remember someone running uh, running the wrong way. I do remember someone running to third base, um, which apparently is not the way. You run to first base first, but he was running backwards, <laughs> which actually is a really fun way to play the game if you're looking to, to break up the, the practice and, and give it a different twist. Ben Regal uh, would like to know what advice can you give to a UK fan who wants to learn the sport of baseball but is struggling due to time differences? Ben, thanks for thanks for listening. Ben, Ben, if you're not familiar, is the producer for Caps Off, the the show that was on B- BT Sport, and I guess ben, Ben's looking for a plug. The answer, Ben, is to watch <laughs> Caps Off. Um, Shame um, on you, what? Ben. Shame. <laughs> Taking advantage of my lack of knowledge. <laughs> Uh, well i guess now is now is as good a time as any to leverage the content that's available on the internet and the the time difference doesn't matter with um with uh mlb opening up so many games on youtube uh as things return to normal or the new normal i think it's it's all about finding your local club even if you're an mlb fan I think there's a big difference between watching on the small screen and actually being immersed in it. And I know if you'll go to your local club, whether it's in Brighton or Aberdeen, 
someone there will want to spend time with you talking about the game and answer any questions you have. Uh, and I think that knowledge and being up close and personal can only enhance the experience of watching MLB. And I mean, perhaps if you do go to your local, you'll find out that you want to be more involved than solely as a fan. Um, uh, so it would be great to to have more of the MLB fan community, and they do a fantastic job here, um, show up with their local club, have a chat, learn about them, and maybe they end up wanting to get involved, whether it's as a, as a player, a coach, as watching the games, um, running the PA, running, running social media. I think that would be fantastic. I think everybody that's involved in British baseball is playing or volunteering or whatever level is devastated that, what's happened around the world at the moment has, has slowed it or put it to a halt and I, I'm I know that I'm not going to make the, the the main team I might not even make the B team um I'm nearly 40 but the fact that they spend time with me like I said before about Roger breaking down stuff and trying to improve me as a player because everybody just wants everyone to enjoy playing and increase participation and yeah it, it's it really is a, a great sport to get into, regardless of what age you're at. It's it's and it's so inclusive as well. It's it's one of them sports I can't remember saying it to. I'm just gutted that I found it at this stage in my in my life, uh, rather than like 10, 15 years early. But who knows if I discovered it 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I may have fallen out of it and never sort of be enjoying it as I am now. Uh, yep, I, I'm I'm gonna have to come up and watch you play. I can't wait. Oh no no no! Trust me, there's no highlights, there's no lowlights. It's uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just That's... go to Carvey and, and and see if we can get some people for the uh, for the Toby Carvey sluggers. Um, <laughs> friend of the show, Lucy Chapman from uh, the Kent Mariners, she would like to hear a lovely, heartwarming, and inspirational baseball story. Oh, great question, Lucy. Uh, I th- I think she's she is one herself. Uh, as as are the the growing number of women playing baseball in this country and uh, the likes of Doris, who's doing a fantastic job with Women's Baseball UK. I know yeah. I'm all about something she and I have spoken about, adding a women's national team program. I, d- I don't know what the timeline on that would be, but I'd certainly be supportive of it. And it's just been incredible to see to see the growth there um, and and truly hope that that once this is all said and done uh i'll have the chance to to meet more of the women that are playing baseball and 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 look forward to helping out in any way i can um what else lucy i might need you to tell me one you know what i mentioned richard klein earlier i think he is a phenomenal story growing up in in cartmel um and then there was a spot for or a chance for one british player to to go to the academy in regensburg germany uh, and it was him and, and got to play with, I mentioned the likes of Max Kepler and in that academy um, and become the starting second baseman for for the British national team and play in multiple Euros and World Baseball Classics and, and make a life for himself, uh, learn, learn a second language, uh, meet a German wife, uh, have a son who he better play for us, not Germany. <laughs> um, but Richard Klein is a fantastic story. There's so many, I mean... The the and I guess the most exciting story is the one that is gonna start happening again as we do see an uptick uh, in youth participation on the back of London series with MLB's investment. Uh, uh, John Cramman is the the head coach of our under 15 national team and 
and started playing baseball at Finsbury Park, which is literally across the street from his first home. And that was through MLB programming and MLB programming included envoy coaches that came from the States and invested in him and the club and baseball in London. And uh, I remember coaching him for the first time in 2005. I think I was a summer coach with the London Mets um, and the, the MLB youth program transitioned into uh, an under 16 or under 13 and under 16. We weren't little league back then in British baseball. It was all about pony. So I think it was Bronco and ponies and Jonathan played for the Mets at those age groups, won national championships. Then the London Mets added a adult program, which was the sensible thing to do when you've had a youth program grow. Um, and, and played for the Mets, managed the Mets to a national championship, played in multiple national uh, championships as a player and um, played at the national teams level at the U12, 15, 18, 23 and senior levels, including at a European championship in 2014. Uh, and now as the head coach of one of our national teams, it's it's how you script it in terms of a player going from grassroots programming through to a international career through to an international coaching career it's it's how you script it and i'm so excited because there are people like lucy out there um that we're going to see more of those stories happen in the future yeah hopefully and she's a she's young and so she's got all the time in the world to develop and who knows from the stuff that she's posting online and her instagram she looks like she's working hard uh the newcastle nighthawks have, have tweeted me with a question it's like they would like to know if a club feels that one of its youth development players that aren't based around the London areas, if they think they're a decent prospect, how can they go about getting their player in for a tryout at national levels? Great question. And, and it's, it's one of the, one of the casualties of our current situation is that the, the tryouts at the under 12, 15 and 18 age groups were, that were due to be uh, earlier in March uh, had to be, had to be canceled. Um, so the, the, the easiest answer is to attend tryouts when they are scheduled. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to empathize with someone in Newcastle when a tryout is at Farnham Park. It's a long way to go. Um, the short term situation is going to be, well, that's where it is. It's where the best facility hands down is. Um, and if, if you aspire to play at the national team level, you have to be willing to pay the price. And I would argue that, that traveling the length and breadth of the country is worth it for, for national teams. And there's a long history of it. And we've had players come from even, even farther north, uh, not just for tryouts, but for practices. Uh, currently a player up in Scotland comes down to, to HPA tryouts, um, so that's the short-term answer. What I would love to see happen, uh, and uh, I think what's on us to do now is, because we've submitted proposals along these lines, is to to have a, we've got the time now, is to take a closer look at our proposals for how we can improve the national teams program uh, and and figure out what boxes we need to tick for for our plans to be launched. And, and I view how the national team operates uh, or, how, or the evolution of how the national team program operates to be like cell division. Uh, at present, we have a single location tryout. I would like that to become two. And, and 
we're not reinventing the wheel. This has happened in this country in the past. Um, like so many other things in British baseball, it's it's very cyclical. Uh, we just like to do it better than how it was done in the past, because obviously if it was that good then, we wouldn't be reinventing things now. Um, but I would love to see regional tryouts. Uh, I would love to see someone in Newcastle be able to uh, have minimal travel. Maybe it's down to Hull because there's a little bit more baseball. Maybe it's across to Manchester because there's a little bit more baseball and a, and a bigger population. But certainly a, a closer tryout. And then all we do is take the players that we liked most from those regional tryouts and bring them together to cross-check them at a single national national tryout. Uh, and then just as as we'd like to, to see that kind of concept at the tryout level, we'd like to see that with our winter program. We currently uh, are looking at relaunching our national team development program. Because the playing population is pretty small, the, the likelihood is we'd have a single location. The Midlands makes sense. Um, but as we grow participation and we see more players in more areas, I'd love to see a national team development program in four or five locations around the country. I'd love to see all of those locations have enough national team caliber players at every age group that we could have all of these regional national team uh, centers come together to play in tournaments to help us select teams. Um, but we're, we're some time away from, from that happening. Uh, we just need to improve things in the, in the short term, make sure that we, uh, we do give people opportunities um, to, to turn a long story very short, I would say the other two things that you can look at are simply telling us, and we'll make sure my contact details are available. If you have a player you think is a prospect, just tell us, and we'll figure out a way to see him, whether it's someone like John, uh, Jonathan Rodriguez, who's recently started coaching with us, um, living in Burnley, a uh, super talented coach who, who coached at the college level in, in California. Um, he, he's in Burnley he can come see you and anything uh, J-Rod would say we'd trust 100%. Um, and then there's also other programs that, that operate in the winter like BSUK's Academy. Go to Academy. There's going to be someone like J-Rod there. And even though it's not an official GB tryout, you're going to have GB coaches eyes on you. Yeah. I think it was actually um, in Manchester in December. Yes. Short yes. guy of black hair. Well, I mean, for me to call anybody short would be unfair, but yeah, he's got black hair. Yeah, sorry, I'm six foot two, so everyone's a bit. I'm not heightist, by the way. I'll, I'll puddle anyone. Um, yeah, he was a really nice guy, and uh, I, I, I had to begin to wonder why I'd not seen him before. I was like, oh, maybe I put him off by just talking to him too much because you know. And <laughs> um, that actually leads into a question as well. Uh, Andy Brown, the artist who does the paintball. Uh, paintball that'd be interesting way Andy <laughs> that so you would be paint, wow who <laughs> <laughs> paints the baseball uh, stadiums and players and, and other things he's asked the question of what does UK need to further grow uh, baseball over here Ooh, good question um, make baseball more like paintball um, <laughs> you, uh, you know what I think it's it's not necessarily an identical strategy everywhere but a more singular vision and a more singular mission for uh, everyone around the country uh, to to follow. It needs to be sold well to create buy-in. Um, we need to find our way. And, and some people have suggested, we kind of alluded to this earlier, should we just do what the Czechs do or the Germans do or the Italians do? No, we should, we should copy and steal everything. 
which is what the, the best coaches do, and they they make it their own. Um, I think there are there are bits of of every model, and and I, I think it seems right now like the way British baseball is or British baseball is going, it, it's going to be a hybrid of potentially USA baseball, which I'll come back to, um, and and uh, somewhere like Australia or or Germany, where you have regional you have regional associations, uh, regional leagues. There's definitely a, a true national league in, in those places, um, but most of the baseball is played regionally, um, and they have a certain amount of control over what they can do. Uh, but when we when we all show up for national championships in 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 Rome or Sydney or wherever it might be, we're going to play by these rules. Um, where it might be more like USA baseball is, and I think this is is a little known. Uh, or less known fact, virtually every major amateur baseball organization in the USA affiliates to USA Baseball. Um, so Little League is affiliated to USA Baseball, as is Pony, as is the NCAA, the NAIA, the NJCAA, all of the college uh, organizations, um, Dixie Baseball, AAU, they're all affiliated to USA Baseball, because they're the governing body. Does that make Little League a less renowned or more diluted organization or brand? Of course not. When you think of Little League, you think of Little League, not USA Baseball, but they are affiliated. Um, and uh, potentially it's less than $6,000, I think, the, the, uh, the annual income that USA Baseball gets from all of these organizations, but they're, they're all affiliated and there's, there's benefits of that. I think that model might work here I, as long as we're all starting to sing from the same hymn sheet, or actually I'd say the same hymn book. We might be on different pages, but we're in the same book. I think that would, that's the first and most important thing to, to improve baseball in this country. Um, the difference to USA Baseball being Pony and Little League never play each other but in england we would even if we have our own strong brands around the country um we're gonna play each other whether it's a tournament in march or for a national championship in september really what a great way to put it charlie bavro who name i always get wrong and surprisingly got it right because uh, you know, i just had the paintball uh, baseball faux pas he would like to know what's the most important mission for gb going forward and how do you plan to take us there that's a great question. Um, so um, I think we need to go back to the mission that we talked about earlier, inspire, develop, perform, and and figure out which elements of it we can really hammer uh, for the community as a whole. Uh, I mentioned this before, I think as as the country as a whole thrives, British uh, the, the national team's program will thrive. Um, and so if, if I, I mentioned earlier, Inspire, Develop, Perform has, has a little bit more to it. And if you actually take a look at our vision, uh, and this has been published numerous times, but we can publish it again, um, the Inspire and Develop aspect of the mission are by far the most important. And our vision is inspired, and there are three things. Our program is visible and accessible. We need to do better. Every British child who plays baseball dreams of playing for their country. Our community community passionately supports Great Britain baseball. 
so I think if we can go back to making our program visible and accessible, then we can do better at developing. Um, and these these three things I think touch on or maybe encapsulate what we've already talked about. Our vision is that we are developing, not developed, because if we think that we've already developed, then we're probably going to be dead in the water. You've always got to have a growth mindset. Um, but developing for us means that the GB way is ingrained within the British baseball community. I think we're doing okay there, but there's more we can do. And I think if all of the major players uh, get behind this mission, it will be easier for us to ingrain uh, our way within the community. Not that everyone's got to do it the same way, but we want people to know how we operate at the national teams level. Our player identification development and selection programs operate nationwide. We touched on that with your, your question from Newcastle. We want to get out there. We've just got to figure out how to do it. Um, and then this might be the single biggest thing. We are collaborative leaders in all development areas. Um, I think so to answer Charlie's question, and he's doing a tremendous job himself, um, if we can be more collaborative in more development areas, whether it's coach education, player development, scouting, whatever it might be, um, we're just we have a wonderful staff that are very talented, and if if we can get these people in front of more people around the country um, to help them find their own way, I think we'll all be winning. Yeah, I do as well. And the last one from from this household is the lovely Jocelyn. Would like to know if you had one wish for baseball in the UK, what would it be? Oh, that's a tremendous question. Oof. You know what? I, I feel like my uh, my my life has has or my mission has become very synergistic with um, with uh, with the British baseball mission. Um, so I'm just thinking along the lines of inspire, develop, perform, and uh, the answer I'll give is it might sound like it's a little bit short-sighted, but I think if this happens. Um, it will mean that so much more has happened as well. Um, and, and part of the mission is that, um, or part of the vision for us is that one or more British born and bred players uh, are signed to a professional contract with major league organizations. Um, and I think if that's happened, it can only mean that there are many, many amazing accomplishments happening on an annual basis across the country thank you very much that and i like to leave the final word to the guest so is there anything else you would like to to talk about before we go uh you know what i i just uh firstly it's a it's a massive thank you to you for for giving me the opportunity to talk with you um the the other thing i would say is whatever you think i can do and the national teams program can do to help you especially during this time um please let us know. Everyone Everyone that is involved in national teams, baseball is a volunteer, just like they are uh, in Manchester or Bristol. Um, but we're all keen to do what we can, uh, whether it's um, via Twitter or LinkedIn or joining. We actually have a Facebook group that is for coaches uh, in this country. There's, I think, over 200 uh, sets of eyes on that Facebook group. Facebook group now where we post information from the national teams program or general coaches, coaching baseball, softball information. Um, we're looking to ramp things up. So if you're looking, even if perhaps you're not a coach, but you want to have a place to go to, to talk baseball and escape, um, 
uh, we'll welcome you uh, with uh, with open arms uh, and please just consider us a resource um, so that we can all spend more time doing rather than waiting. Lovely. Thank you very much. And just a reminder, good folks, where we can find you on Twitter and LinkedIn. I am at Liam Carroll GB on Twitter. I think that's right. I always forget whether there's an underscore or not. Yeah, Liam no, Carroll GB. The GB Baseball Twitter is at GB underscore baseball. Uh, LinkedIn, I have no idea, Matt. Search, search my name. I think it's uh, just you the, looking uh, very, very proud on a podium. Sort of like... Yeah, uh, fake press conference, mate. It's Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And that's us for today. Liam, thank you ever so much again. Uh, the pleasure's been all mine. I could literally listen to you talk about baseball for days, but it's approaching quarter to ten. And uh, I don't want to keep you any longer. So uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, future Master Chef competitor Liam Carroll. Thank you so much, mate. Thanks for everything you do. And there goes baseball's ace rimmer, Liam Carroll. What a guy. I hope you're as entertained as I was. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with him, and I hope you all really enjoyed it. Don't forget to tweet Liam with your cooking show suggestions. I think you should do Bob Park meals at home with like a healthy twist in it. Or I just don't know what to call it. Before signing off, big thanks to the gang at Richmond Baseball Club for setting up the British E-Baseball League, which is currently being played out in MLB The Show by the UK Baseball Club representatives. So those games are being broadcast on sites such as Twitch. Check out your local clubs to find out who's playing. Also, why everyone is fearing Mitch from Liverpool and the Sandwich Army. Until next time, take care, be safe and keep your distance. Tara. <laughs>